Thank you for firing up the Sunrise Church podcast. My name is Steve Garcia, and I am the lead pastor at Sunrise. We are a community of Jesus followers from all walks of life, all colors of skin, and all ages. And I hope this message you hear today inspires you to deepen your connection with Christ. Let's dive in. So in case you lost track, we are now in the month of November. And I think there's something that occurs once we cross into this month. There's like an internal switch that flips. It's like a a low-volume anxiety that starts to swell. Maybe you could hear it. Thanksgiving, I got to start start getting ready for Thanksgiving. We're we're in November now. I mean, who's going to host it this year? What family members are going to be around the table? What family members are not going to be around the table? Who do I have to shame this year to make sure they're around the table? Maybe this is going to be the first year that my in-laws finally accept me. Maybe this is going to be the first year where, where our uncle doesn't totally sabotage the whole day. And i got to start thinking about Christmas, too, Christmas shopping. Who, who needs gifts this year? What does everybody want? we got to start planning parties, office parties, cookie decorating parties, office decorating parties, cookie decorating parties in the office. You know, I got to think about a Christmas tree. Maybe this year I'll go get a a real tree. I'll go up to the mountains and chop one down. Do I even have an axe? I need to buy an axe. How about money is tight? How is this going to be the most magical Christmas ever when money is tight? Anybody feeling that? Some of you are like, well, I wasn't until I came to church. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for that. Um, Look, that's why we want to do this message series, Peace of Mind. Because I believe that we could head into this holiday season with peace. Can anybody use some peace of mind? You see, the enemy wants for your life unrest and toil, but the God of the Bible is a God of peace. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. We don't have to limp into January, stressed out, tired out, spent out, and still picking up the pieces. We can actually experience peace right here, right now. And so here's my hope for the next couple of weeks. I want to be able to identify and address some major areas that tend to rob us of our peace. Starting with today, we're going to talk about unmet expectations. More on that in a minute. And then next week, we're going to talk about unresolved conflict. Arguably, the thing that will steal your your peace the fastest are problems that have not been dealt with. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about unfair comparisons. One of the reasons why you have a lack of peace is because you've been so busy comparing yourself to everybody else. And then we're going to wrap up the series with unpaid bills. Is there anything more stressful than, than the issue of money? And so we want to be able to give you some practical tools on how to experience peace amidst your finances. But as for today, our focus is going to be on unmet expectations. One of the reasons why we experience such a lack of peace is because of unmet expectations. I thought life was going to go this way, then it turned and it went another. So how do I experience peace amongst these kinds of circumstances? Well, let's look to God's word, shall we? So if you have a Bible or a device that can access a Bible, why don't you find your way to the New Testament gospel of Matthew chapter 11. And where we're going to pick things up is Jesus has just sent off his 12 disciples to go 
often and preach the good news to the, to the Jews in their area that the Messiah has come to save us. And with them out, Jesus went on a solo mission of doing the same thing. Matthew 11, beginning of verse 1, it says, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Now, there's a whole lot packed into just these three verses, so I want to just break this down and make sure that we're clear. First, we're introduced to somebody named John. This is John the Baptizer, or John the Baptist. He was a prophet sent by God to prepare the world for the arrival of Messiah, Jesus. And so he went out to the wilderness and he preached these messages of repentance and people would flock out to see him and get baptized in the Jordan River. So that's the John that's in this, that we're talking about in this passage. And then we find out that he's in prison. Well, how did that happen? Here's how. He got on the wrong side of a Roman ruler, a bad man by the name of Herod Antipas. Now, he's the son of Herod the Great, the one who was, who was in power when Jesus was born. Well, well, here's what happened with Herod. Here's his story. Herod went to go visit his brother in Rome. It's always nice when family gets together, isn't it? Here's the problem. When he got there, he began an affair with his brother's wife. And so the two of them, uh, Herod and his new mistress, hatched a scheme for Herod to divorce his wife so that the two of them could be together. Well, John the Baptist, like many prophets before him, started calling out his, his leaders. And he started calling out Herod publicly for being in an adulterous relationship. Herod didn't like that, so he locked him up in prison to shut him up. And now here's John the Baptist in this prison, and he's questioning everything, including Jesus himself. And so he, comes to, he sends his disciples to Jesus, and he asks this question, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Translation, Jesus, are you really who you say you are? Because the Messiah was supposed to be the person who stood up for his, his people, not abandon them in prison. And the reason why this question is so alarming is because it's a massive departure from the kinds of things John the Baptist said about Jesus in the past. For example, in John chapter 1, he was out baptizing people by the Jordan, and he had this experience with Jesus. It says in verse 29, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Prophets didn't say things by accident. They didn't mince words. Everything they said mattered. John the Baptist took one look at Jesus and said, That's him! That's the guy! And he went on to say in verse 31, the reason I came baptizing with water was that Jesus might be revealed to Israel. And if that wasn't conclusive enough, John went on to say in verse 34, I have seen and I testify that Jesus is God's chosen one. That's what the word Messiah means, anointed one or chosen one. John publicly declared that's who Jesus is, and yet now he's questioning it. Hey, Jesus, are you the Messiah, or should I keep looking? How can he move from a place of such certainty to a place of such doubt? For the same reason you and I do it. Jesus didn't meet his expectation. 
This is a, a major thing that we, we often wrestle with. You wrestle with it too, like when you expected to get to work on time, but instead you got in a fender bender. And now hours upon hours of your time are spent on the phone with insurance adjusters. Or when you expected to get picked for the promotion or the role on the team or the spot in the program and they passed you up and went with somebody with way less experience. Or when you expected Monday night to be relaxing after a long day, but your power company shut off the electricity because it was too windy, and now you're stumbling around the house looking for candles like it's the 18th century, hypothetically speaking, of course. Um, we, we all have these kinds of expectations, and there's much more serious ones, too. Most of us don't expect to face tragedy. Most of us don't expect to face heartbreak. Or like John the Baptist, we probably don't expect to ever face imprisonment. You know, and as I've talked to different people around Sunrise, I, I've heard this come up over and over again of, of people who are saying, you know, I just figured that I'd be further along in life than where I am right now. I, I just kind of feel stuck. You know, a number of years ago, I read this book called Leadership Pains. We're, we're going through it now with our elder board. And the author addressed this exact issue. I want to read a quote from the book. He says, liminal space is a concept in theology and psychology. It's the intermediate, in-between, transitional state where you cannot go back to where you were because a threshold has been crossed and you have yet to arrive where you are going because it is not yet available to you. Essentially, it is the hallway between the past and the future. And I can tell you quite candidly, it's hell in the hallway. Any of you remember sitting in the hallway outside the principal's office? <laughs> Some of you never experienced that, but looking around the room, I'm willing to hazard a guess that several of you have logged a few hours with the school principal. <clears throat> and they had those little chairs sitting out in front of the principal's office, the judgment seats, where you and all the other bad kids would sit there and await your, your judgment. This is torture for a little kid, right? You can't go back, you cross some kind of a line, and now you're just waiting for what's next, which is precisely where many of you are this morning. You're caught in this tension between where you were and where you want. And that is a very difficult place to be. I really struggled with this at various points in my life. I remember one of the most profound was right after I graduated college. I had some pretty significant expectations at the start of my college career. I expected that I was going to discover my passion. I expected that I was going to meet my future wife. I expected that when I graduated, I was going to find a job quickly in my field of study. And when I graduated, I was jobless, single, and broke. And I was angry with God. Like, do, do you even care about my life? I mean, what was the point of all of that money and time and energy only to find myself in a place I'm more miserable than when I started? I totally get why John said to Jesus, uh, hey, are you really the Messiah or should I just keep looking? And you get it too because you felt it. You start thinking, well, maybe I got the wrong God. Maybe I got the wrong religion. You know what? I'm going to try Buddhism. You know, I'm going to join a cult, or, or better yet, I'm just going to reject all religion altogether because clearly it has not worked out for me. Do you feel how unmet expectations can rob us of peace? 
The writer of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. That's where a lot of us are this morning. Our hearts are sick. We feel stuck. Jesus isn't meeting our expectations. What do I do with that? How do I feel and experience peace amidst these kinds of circumstances? Well, I think the secret lies in how Jesus responded to the disciples that John sent to him. Let's go back and read in Matthew 11. So when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. I think it's interesting that Jesus never answered the question by saying, oh, I'm the Messiah. Trust me, I am 100% Messiah. Go back and tell John right now, I am the Messiah. No, instead, Jesus cut right to the heart of what was actually the issue. John had the wrong expectations. And this is the the first thing I want us to see as we're, we're, we're looking to find peace in the midst of unmet expectations. And here it is. Number one, examine your expectations. Take a good long look at the kinds of things you were expecting and ask yourself, did these come from God or did these come from me? You know, it's interesting because John the Baptist Uh, along with many other God-fearing Jews, had a very clear expectation about the Messiah. They believed that Messiah was there for political deliverance, that Messiah would come to, to tear down the powers of Rome. And so for John the Baptist, when he spoke out against Herod, he expected Jesus to back him up. But instead, he got thrown in prison, and Jesus didn't say a single word about Herod. So now he's wondering, well, maybe he's not even the Messiah. The problem was not that Jesus was wrong, but that his expectations were wrong. And so Jesus had to to reframe these expectations. This is what Jesus said in Matthew Matthew 11, verse 4. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, lame walk, leprosy cleanse, deaf hear, dead erased, good news proclaimed to the poor. In other words, take a look at the miracles. The the good news is being preached. That's actually why Messiah came. Not to save us from Rome, but to save us from sin. John had the wrong expectations. And you and I often do the same thing. We've had the the wrong expectations. And so, for example, maybe you're, you're upset at and you're mad at God because of a health diagnosis. What was the expectation? Maybe somewhere along the line, you believed that if you followed Jesus, you would never get sick. Maybe if you are, are, you're, you're, you're struggling and, and, and you're mad at God um, over the court case, not going your way. Maybe you had this expectation that if I follow Jesus, I'm always gonna come out on top. Maybe you're, you're, you're mad at God over your your job situation or your income level or why you're not married or why you are married to the person you're married or why you don't have kids or why you have the kids that you do 
Or maybe you have these expectations about the holiday season that this is going to be the best Christmas ever. All of the family's going to get along. We're going to spend within our means. The kids are going to love their Christmas presents and not lose interest after 10 minutes and just go and watch YouTube. And, and when it doesn't happen, our world comes crumbling down. Just like with John the Baptist. God, do you even care? Friends, we've got to stop and take a look at where did these expectations come from? And there's actually, weirdly, a peace that comes when you start looking at these things. Because you know what, friends? When we examine our expectation, we might find that they actually have become idols. An idol is a man-made thing that takes the place of God. And some of us have been unintentionally worshiping our expectations. And we've pinned all our hopes on these things that we came up with. We built them and expected God to bless them. But we could, when we take a step back and say, wait a second, are these even the right expectations? There's an incredible peace that can come about with that. I'm saying, well, I, no, if these aren't from God, let, let me just open up my hands and, and, and trust you, God, and stop clinging to the things that I made up. I mean, the belief that the Messiah was political was so prevalent that even the disciples of Jesus still held on to this thing. I mean, Jesus preached over and over again that the kingdom of heaven was not a physical kingdom, but a spiritual one. The kingdom of heaven were people who were part of this new movement who were living their lives according to the teachings of Jesus. He taught this for years. Then Jesus died. Then Jesus rose again. Then he taught it again. And then just before he ascended back into heaven, listen to what his disciples said in Acts 1. They gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still didn't get it. That's how deeply ingrained it was. And for you and I, that's the same thing with a lot of our expectations. And we've got to examine these things and lay them before the Lord. And that's where you start to find peace when it comes to unmet expectations. So the first thing is this, examine your expectations. Here's the second one. Learn your lesson for this season. A season is a period of time that will not last forever. And God's got something for you in this season right here and right now. We don't know what the lesson was for John the Baptist, but we get an indication from it, from a very fascinating thing that Jesus said in response to the questions. In Matthew eleven twelve, 12, Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. What Jesus was saying was from the moment that John the Baptist began preaching about this kingdom, it came under severe spiritual attack. And he says the violent take it by force. That word violent can be misleading. It just means strength. Meaning that if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, you've got to be willing to stand up and grab hold of it, not just get swept away by the tides of culture. you got to have some strength. It doesn't happen organically. It doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't happen naturally. No, if you want to be a part of a lifestyle where Jesus is at the center, it has to happen intentionally. And maybe that's what John the Baptist needed to hear as he was in prison, that I have to continue to fight, to stay focused in this season to align my life with God's word. 
Are you staying faithful in this season? And understand this, that there can be a peace that comes about when you realize God has something for you right here and right now. When I struggle with unmet expectations, my tendency is to focus on the doorway out of this season. If I could just get past this project, if I could just get around the corner, if I could just talk with this, if I could just do something to get out of this season, then I'll be fine. That's the wrong way to look at it. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God has a good purpose for you. This season may not be the season that you choose, but it is the season you're in right now. And don't miss, God has a lesson for you in this place. He's got some good purpose that he's trying to work out in you. Friends, your hope is not in the next doctor appointment. Your hope is not in that person you just went on a date with calling or texting you back. Your hope is not in what the judge says or the meeting with your boss or your paycheck or a vacation. Your hope can only be in the living God who is at work in you to, to, to help you find a good purpose right here, right now. And if we don't learn this lesson in this season, what's going to happen is we're just going to find ourselves in a different hallway with the same problem. What is God trying to teach you right now? And when you come to this place of realizing that God's got something for me right now, there's peace that comes with this. That this time that I'm in is actually not a waste. What if this season I'm in is actually the most important time of my life that can bring about peace? So number one, examine your expectations. Number two, learn your lesson for this season. Here's the third thing I want you to grab. Practice requesting, not expecting. There's a massive difference between expecting something from God and requesting something from God. Expecting says, God will do this. Requesting asks, God, will you do this? And that subtle mind shift can massively lead to peace. The Apostle Paul had some really important teachings on this. In Philippians 4, verse 6, he said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In every situation, he wants it all, small, medium, and large. He says, with prayer and petition. Prayer is the general word we use for communication with God. The word petition or supplication is when you ask something specific from God. And what Paul said is, is he wants, God wants us to ask him. And if we do, listen to this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you find it interesting that Paul doesn't say, peace will come when you get what you want. Instead, he says, peace doesn't come in the getting. Peace comes in the asking. 
that there is an unexplainable peace that comes when we lay our expectations before him and say, my plans in your hands. I've done what I can, Lord. But instead of me walking around expecting you to do what I want, instead, I'm just gonna ask. That's where John the Baptist went wrong. Instead of sending disciples to Jesus to say, hey, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? What he should have said is Jesus, will you free me from prison? Thank you for all of the things that you've done in my life already, and now I'm asking you to do one more thing. But here's the deal. Peace doesn't come in the getting, it comes in the asking. And you too, when you can can make this shift towards asking God for things, he'll give you a peace because you're taking the burden off your shoulders and putting it on him. And here's the reality. God is not going to give us everything we want and yet we could still have peace. That weird peace where you're saying, I I have no idea why I feel peace right now. It doesn't make sense. It transcends understanding. Because here's the thing for John the Baptist. He never got what he wanted. He never got out of prison. This is what happened to John. Matthew 14, verse six. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. So while John was languishing in prison, Herod was out partying. And his daughter stole the show with her dance routine. Herod was so happy that he said, hey, whatever you want, it's yours. This is every little girl's dream. Rich dad's handing me a blank check. You know, what would she ask for? Maybe her own swimming pool. You know, or, or a horse and a chariot to cruise town with her friends. Exclusive VIP tickets to the Eras Tour with Taylor Swift. You know, what would she ask for in this moment? Here's the answer, verse 8. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. So remember that nice lady that Herod married? You know, the one he stole from his brother? Well, she used her daughter as a pawn to get John the Baptist killed. And John never got what he wanted. Instead was brutally murdered in prison. But remember, peace doesn't come from getting what you want. Peace comes when we make the request, not the expectation. See, expecting things from God sets him up for for failure, especially if they were your own man-made expectations. But when we bring our request to him, we can have peace in saying, God, I'm trusting that you are God and you are good. And if you never give me anything else I ever ask for, I can still rest assured that you are God and you are good. When I struggle with the pain that comes from unmet expectations, I often have to remind myself that Jesus has already solved the greatest problem I'll ever have. And that is the problem that I have a debt I can't pay back. It's called sin. Listen, if any of you wanna go to heaven, here's all you have to do. You just have to be perfect from the day you were born to this moment right now. How are you doing so far? I know for me, 
there's an incalculable amount of times in my life where I have fallen short of the standard of God. I've racked up a debt against a holy God that I can never pay back on my own. Sin separates us from God forever. So what do I do with this debt that I can't pay back? This is why Jesus went to the cross. He was the only perfect person who ever lived. And so he took all of the sin from the past, the present, and the future. God placed that on Jesus. And when Jesus died, he takes our sin and puts it in the grave. He cancels the debt for all who place their faith in him. So for me, because I place my faith in Jesus Christ, someday I'm going to get to the end of my life and I'm going to stand before Almighty God and he's going to look at the sin in my life and not count it against me because it's already been counted against Jesus. And if you have never placed your faith in Jesus, you too are going to come to a point in time where you're going to stand before God at the end of your life and you want to talk about the ultimate unmet expectation? How about strutting before the throne of God, expecting to get in? And when, when, when God asks you, why should I let you into heaven? We're going to point at all the good things that we've done and, and rattle off our, our list of accomplishments and, and give our most compelling speech as to why you should let me in. And Jesus is going to look us dead in the eyes and say, depart from me, I've never known you. Because the debt of sin is still there. That's the bad news, but here's the gospel, the good news. Jesus can cancel your debt. And when you place your faith in him, understand this, that the greatest problem you'll ever have has been taken care of, which means that anything else you ever face in life is secondary. And so if God never gives me anything else that I ever ask from him again, I know this, that I walk through life with the peace of knowing I'm forgiven, and I have the confidence of heaven because of the death of Jesus Christ. Do you have that peace today? Have you ever intentionally prayed to God and said, Jesus, I, I place my faith in you. Will you forgive me? Will you, will you make me one of your children? If you've never prayed a prayer like that, I want to help you do that today. In just a moment, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's just a simple prayer, acknowledging our sin and inviting Christ to be the Lord, the, the ruler of our lives. And I'll give you the words to say, and you could repeat after me in the silence of your heart, but it's got to be your faith that, that powers this to make this a genuine moment. And so if you're ready to invite Christ into your life, I want to ask all of you right now to bow your heads, close your eyes, and focus right now in this moment and realize that Jesus has opened up a window for you, a window to receive him into your life. Will you go through it? So if you're ready to invite him into your life, I want you to say these words in the silence of your heart. Jesus, today I trust in you. Jesus, today I trust in you. I can't pay back my debt but I believe you paid for my sins. So today I ask for your forgiveness. I invite you to be my Lord. I invite you to be my Savior, to change who I am. So I stop living like how I've been living. 
become a new creation in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you to tell someone. Don't, don't sit on this like it's a secret. Here's a simple way to do it. The program you received when you came in, there's a little perforated card at the bottom. You could just tear that off, and there's a box on there that says, I said yes. I prayed to receive Christ. You could just fill that out, and uh, in a moment, our, el- our ushers are going to come through for today's offering. You could just drop this little card in the bag, and one of our staff members will follow up with you and uh, help you understand what it means to have made this decision. Maybe you've already prayed to receive Jesus into your life, but you're, you're not really doing anything with it. You want to take the next step. Here's how to do that. Grab your phones and text the word next to 909-281-7797. One of our staff members will exchange a few text messages with you. I prom- promise we won't spam you. We just want to help you get moving in the right direction. Maybe joining a small group. Maybe you need somebody to talk to. Maybe you need some assistance or you want to get more involved. Text next to 909-281-7797. Or in our lobby is a next step table and you can have a personal conversation with someone today. Next week, we're going to talk about arguably the largest thing that robs us of peace, and that's unresolved conflict. Do you know of any person in your life who's dealing with relationship problems? You ought to invite them to come to church with you next week to experience this encouraging message from God's Word. Until then, we could experience peace amidst unmet expectations, but we have to first examine our expectations. Do they come from me or do they come from God? We also have to learn our lesson in this season. What's God trying to tell me right now? He doesn't waste anything. And let's practice requesting, not expecting. Every situation, let's bring it to him and trust him. Are you stuck in the hallway today? Stuck between where you were and where you want? I can tell you, I've been there. And it is not a place of ease, but it can be a place of peace. Let's lay our expectations before him today. My plans in God's hands. God, I trust you with what comes next. Amen? Amen. Amen. Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for not leaving us alone and even when we are frustrated and in pain and not getting what we want you are still with us we acknowledge that lord and god i pray for any person in here who's really wrestling with thinking that life was going to go differently but they're in this spot right now god i pray that you would minister to them in a very very special way draw near to them help reframe their expectations so that they could experience a peace of mind lord for all of us we need help we can't do this on our own We need you in our lives, Jesus. Please help us to surrender our plans before you so that we can be going the way you want us to go. And Father, as we prepare to give over our tithes and offerings, God, I pray that you would stir generosity in the hearts of our people to be able to to use this money to make an impact in our community and around the globe. Lord Jesus, we love you and we trust you. And if you believe in your heart, then let the church say, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to not just stop here. Maybe you sense God is speaking to you today and wanting you to take that next step. So here's two ways you can do just that. 
The first is text the word next to the number 909-281-7797. That's 909-281-7797. You'll receive a message back with some ways to help you grow. That may mean joining a small group or finding a place to serve or just talking with someone one-to-one about your faith. You can also visit the notes for this podcast and follow the links provided. And if you're within driving distance of one of our four physical locations in Banning, Ontario, Rialto, or Victorville, we'd love for you to stop by sometime and give us a chance to meet you personally. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.